Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short, about a 13-minute Bible study each day, helping us to grow in our faith, stay strong in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. But it also helps keep us focused on a relationship with God and upon our soul's salvation. Now, you know people in your life who need to change their focus in life. They need to turn their lives around. They need to start thinking about their souls and about their relationship with God. Help them by sharing these short studies with them. You can do that easily through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. But make that commitment and start sharing with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody ultimately get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, and we've been looking at this particular general theme for a long time. We have asked the question first, why do bad things happen to good people? We broke that into three sections and looked at each section in detail. Now first, the first section, we gave the basic bottom line one word answer. Why do bad things happen to good people? Sin. Sin prevails in this world within humanity. In the second section, we talked about how, well, we've got a skewed view of goodness in many cases. We think a lot of people are good people who are not necessarily good people in God's eyes. God is the basic standard for goodness. When we start going beyond him as the standard for goodness, well, we're getting a skewed view on the matter. And so we a lot of times think bad things happen to people we think are good people, but who are not necessarily good people in God's eyes. They have not come to God. They're not living for God. They're not living a faithful life before him. They're not dedicated to their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the third section, in answering that part of our question, why do bad things happen to good people, we listed a whole line of contributing factors as to why bad things happen sometimes to even truly good people. Sometimes even truly good people make bad choices. They make unfortunate decisions and they suffer bad consequences. But also we noted that there are some people who we would look at as being good, who are not necessarily that in God's eyes. And they really go through life deciding, plotting their own course with no thought of God as their director, as their guide, as the one who should give them wisdom. And so they make all kinds of bad choices, bad decisions, and they suffer bad consequences. But then we also noted that sometimes good people, truly good people, they kind of get caught in the fallout of bad actions, sinful, wicked actions on the part of people who are not good people at all. They just kind of get caught in the fallout suffer the consequences. But then sometimes also we need to recognize that this is a physical realm in which we live and bad things happen from time to time. It's just part of living a physical life in this physical world. 
there are going to be some bad things happen, and that will be to everybody. Well, we looked at some others, but you get the idea. Now, in this particular second part of this line of thought and study, we have turned the question around in reverse. We've, we've said, well, okay, now we've dealt with why do bad things happen to good people. Now, what about why do good things happen to bad people? You see, both of these questions are prevalent in the minds of a lot of people on an ongoing basis. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do good things happen to bad people? We noted in Jeremiah chapter 12, beginning with verse 1, the prophet writes, Righteous are you, O Lord, when I plead with you. You let me talk with you about your judgments. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why are those happy who deal so treacherously? You have planted them. Yes, they have taken root. They grow. Yes, they bear fruit. You are near in their mouth, but far from their mind. Well, we've known people like that, haven't we? Oh, they'll talk something of a good game when it comes to faith in God. They will talk about how they love God. Maybe they have this deep faith in God. But then if you're with them for another 10 minutes or so, they may be using the Lord's name in profane and vulgar ways. (laughs) That's inconsistent. That's not faithfulness. And so the prophet asks, why Why does the way of the wicked prosper? We also spent some time in Psalm 73 and also in Psalm 10, where the same theme is brought out. Same theme. Why does it seem like the wicked prosper? Well, in in both of those psalms, the psalmist came around to understand um, it's not always the way it looks on a surface level basis. It may look to us in moments of time like the wicked are prospering, like everything's going great for them, while those who are trying to live godly lives, trying to be the good people God wants us to be, we struggle along the way. We suffer. But the psalmist in both of those psalms, they come around, they say, um, God's watching over. He's holding account, holding to account those who are living in wicked ways. They're on a slippery slope. If they do not change their ways and repent and come to God, then their ultimate lot or reward is going to be eternal condemnation in hell. And so Jeremiah, he poses that question. Why? Why do the wicked prosper? Well, it's a seeming prosperity. But once again, God holds us all in account each one of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give, the, and give an account of the things done in our body, whether good or bad, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. We keep emphasizing that. When we look around us, and maybe we struggle, and maybe we have some difficulties, in fact, we might have some pretty big difficulties along the way, in trying to live faithfully before God, And we see people around us who are making no pretense of trying to live faithful before God. They're living wicked lives. They're living in sinful lifestyles, and they're they're fine with that. They might even be arrogant about it. Well, there's what seems to be to us the contradiction. 
God wants me to live a righteous life. And I'm trying. I really am putting myself into it. And I keep hitting obstacles along the way. I'm struggling. And here's, here are these people over here. And I know some of them. And they are living ungodly lives. There's no question about it. And they're not even ashamed of it. They're making no pretense about it. And everything's going just great for them. At least it seems like that. Well, let's look at some specific factors. Now, again, Psalm 10, Psalm 73, we come to understand it's not the way it appears. God does not always call to account everybody at the same moment in time. And here we launch into some factors, some contributing factors to the, to, to the appearance that in the immediate moment, good things seem to be happening to bad people. What are, what are some of these situations? How can we come to some clarity on this subject? Well, in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 45, Jesus said this, that you may be sons of your father in heaven, he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. God shows, or God bestows some blessings universally on all mankind. And here Jesus brings out, he makes his sun rise on the evil as well as the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. And so God bestows some blessings universally on all mankind, sun, rain, the laws of nature. And so if a person is living a wicked life, an ungodly life, a sinful life, well, if he takes advantage of some of those universal blessings, let's say he's going to be a corporate farmer. So he's got thousands of acres in the field well, God's not going to cause the rain to fall only on the fields around him, only on the fields of those who are trying to live godly lives. The rain falls on all the fields, all across the land. Well, he's going to benefit from that. But that doesn't mean that God is not holding him accountable. If we go back to verse 43, Jesus said, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Well, some people feel that way. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Now this is to be an example for us who are trying to live good lives before God, trying to live godly lives in dealing with our enemies. We're not to hate our enemies. We're not to wish them ruin. We are to love our enemies. Now, that does not mean approve of their evil, of their wickedness, of their sinfulness, but that we love them from the spiritual perspective. We care about their souls. We care about their salvation. And our desire is for them to ultimately come to their senses and come to Christ and be saved. That's what we want for them. Well, God loves everyone, doesn't he? God loves mankind. He created us all in his image. 
The Apostle Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And Jesus gave the great invitation in Matthew 11 and verse 28. He said, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, the responsibility for answering the calls to repentance, to come to the Lord for salvation, rests upon the individual. But the invitation is out there to everybody. God loves all, but he does hold all accountable. We'll come back and look a little deeper next time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us so much, and thank you for being so patient with us. And oh, how we need your patience and your grace. Help us to reach out to those who are living in sin around us with the truth and the forgiving and saving message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us to be the shining lights you want us to be. In a world that is engulfed, in wickedness and evil. We pray for souls, Father. We pray for our souls. Please forgive us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.